Welcome to Antitrust Code by Concurrence. Concurrence is the leading antitrust database with over 30,000 articles on competition law. Concurrence is also the largest network of antitrust experts with lawyers, economists, enforcers, and academics in 85 countries. By listening to this podcast, you will learn the fundamentals of competition law and hear about the latest antitrust news thanks to our guests, the best experts in the antitrust world. Hello to everybody. Uh, my name is Frederick Jenny. I'm a professor of economics at ASEC Business School, and I'm the chair of the OECD Competition Committee. And I'm very pleased uh, today to uh, uh, have a new edition of the Concurrence uh, podcast series with Eleanor Fox, who is a well-known professor of antitrust. At topic is big tech what's happening in the U.S. So let me ask uh, Eleanor uh, the following question. I mean, there's a lot of controversy on both sides of the Atlantic, and I would say in the world in general, but more particularly on both sides of the Atlantic, about whether there is a big tech problem in competition law. So my questions to you are, do you think that there is indeed a problem? How do you characterize this problem? And what do you think we should do about it? And hello, everybody. And wow, that is a huge question. And of course, it is the question facing all competition field today. I think there is a big tech problem. Uh, yes, I do. Is a big competition problem that has happened to come up in the form of big tech for certain particular reasons, which I will mention. The problem in competition law is, of course, another huge problem, and I'll start us out on that. Reverse the question and ask you, Frederick, how you regard this. Tech problem is associated with the fact that it's only fairly recently into a high-tech world, ease of communication across the world, of products and services across the world, no boundaries. This area, the companies that will take the space and network effects, both because on the good side, take Facebook, for example, although maybe it's getting to be the vehicle for people over a certain age, but let me take Facebook as an example. Anyway, you want your friends to be on the same page. You want to communicate really easily with your friends. One wants to communicate across the world to what it supplies and buyers want to buy across the world. And same page can facilitate that transaction enormously, which means that there is the possibility of these markets tipping into monopoly, but maybe not tipping into monopoly, but still having this relatively small space for entrance to enter and expand. And so the negative side of it is, or at least unilateral power not just economists, but the social scientists are also documenting huge ills from so much control over what they think, what they buy, 
and so much control over the marketplace of what is sold and what is bought and what we want and what we think we want and our, our minds being played with and data problem is also part of this very unique problem because for the first time given this new these new technologies field are able to extract huge amounts of data from all of us to sell it at a great profit on the also possibly people fear to use it for surveillance on the political side so Enter this space, the platforms, and there are only a few firms have entered with a vengeance and is bigger than the GDP of most companies and they know no borders. So it's a global problem. One of the big problems that has emerged is find what is sufficient power which is always a threshold question if you're looking at the unilateral conduct statute of any jurisdiction. In the United States, the standard is said to be monopoly position. In EU, it is dominant position. They not easily fit the traditional definitions of power. So if we were to become very economically technical and say, can these firms lessen output and raise price? Um, very difficult to say they can lessen output they actually want more output. Very difficult, especially because the platforms have entered the markets by giving a lot of what they call free services, and they have to recoup some way just to make profits and recoup by another side of the platform many very difficult antitrust questions. So an additional difficult antitrust problem is the first one being it might be hard to find monopoly power and it might be hard to find what our now pretty conservative U.S. courts are calling practice work. Therefore, want to or need to look at new forms of thinking about what is sufficient power for intervention. Huge problem is this. I've been talking so far as if antitrust intervention is all case by case. It takes cases, huge numbers of years to get decided. So in the US, we have several cases pending against big tech, sure to go up to our Supreme Court. They have to go from a district court to an appellate court to the Supreme Court. It might take eight years before that case is determined. And the company is saying, I can do this. I made the platform. I can do what I want on my platform. U.S. law gives me huge power to do what I want because it doesn't want to chill my incentives to invent. An argument that has legs in the United States up to the Supreme Court. By the time the Supreme Court would hear and adjudicate the case, the market may well have changed. And of course, that's a counter story to saying this power is durable. So I see as all of these technical as well as economic and social problems as huge. And maybe towards the end of it, we can get to what I would suggest to do about it. But the U.S. right now is kind of in equipoise with 
support on both sides of the coin. One side is to say our Supreme Court law is fine and let we are. And the other side, which has been a huge voice lately, very strong rhetoric is to say these companies need to be reined in. Uh, and it's not just these companies that our antitrust U.S. is too weak. And there is a whole package of proposed legislation that would strengthen and how much will get passed. So EU, I think I'm going to stop there, Frederick, because maybe you want to say something on the EU side, and I don't want to take up all the time because we could talk about this for hours. So why don't I turn it over to you to ask what do you think is the problem? Um, do you find fault with some of the things I said? And you might want to go into the area of solutions as you like. Thank you very much, Eleanor, for this every presentation of the issue as it is in the U.S. thing that struck me was the fact that you said that not only do we have a problem, but we have a problem of uh, unilateral power. Now, as an antitrust enforcer uh, or past enforcer, I don't know if we have a power. We may have an abuse problem, but that's a different issue. So there is a concern that large, successful and have a lot of market power, as you have said, not the power per se, which is, I mean, at least in my mind, the source of consideration uh, or the source of concern. It is the fact that they could abuse this market power and engage in other anti-competitive mergers uh, that would stifle innovation or and competition or anti-competitive practices. Now, the problem is that it could be also the case that they are successful, not because they resort to anti-competitive practices, but because they provide innovative or quality services, which are highly valued by users and consumers. I'm not saying that this is the case, but it could be uh, the case. And that's where the uh, complexity uh, sets in. It could be that the quality of their services is due partly to their large size. And you suggested this uh, when, we, when you talked about data. We know that artificial intelligence allows firms with access to large sets of data, their services to the needs of their consumers and to deliver better services to them, or at least services that they value. But competition authorities have to distinguish effects. There's power, is abuse of power, and there's possibly uh, efficiencies or innovations. We don't want to get rid of the innovation. We don't want to limit. We don't want to get rid of the efficiencies, but we would like to get rid of the possibility of abuse. So to me, what it says is that when, I mean, the, the proper focus for competition law should not be to say power is bad per se, because I think it is neutral. It can go, it can lead to terrible things, but it can lead also to a positive efficiency uh, things. So this is where things get very complicated in the digital sector. And let me explain for one second. From the point of view of competition, we do have a problem if innovation is slowed by big tech firms, or if the quality price ratio of the services that they offer is lower than what it could be if there was more competition. 
But the difficulty is to assess whether this is the case because the digital world is also a world where we have seen a lot of innovations, okay? So it's very hard to know whether we should have seen more, which did not occur because of anti-competitive practices or whether we've seen quite a few that there were powerful firms uh, that were able to develop some of those uh, innovations. Now, why is it difficult to assess what it is? I think the first reason is that competition between digital ecosystem doesn't work as competition between pipeline firms. The competition law instruments that we use need to be adapted to the reality of the digital sector, and they are not at this point. We need to adapt enforcement, which is largely, and you've mentioned this cast, the Stiglerian static price competition point of view, to adapt this instrument as being a Schopenhauerian dynamic competition on innovation between ecosystems. Uh, now, this requires a lot of work to better understand how competition works between ecosystems, and we're working in that direction. Then the next question is the other one that you mentioned, instrument in itself inadequate to deal with the digital sector because the digital sector moves faster than we can, in fact, use our instruments. And that is, of course, the ex-ante regulation should complement antitrust with those issues. Ways to combine together with the antitrust. Uh, certainly the UK, for example, is a good example uh, of this. First step is to understand competition and innovation before agency to intervene. But I also see the ambiguity of not knowing whether those big tech are successful because they are good or because they are bad. And I think that's what we have to find out. That's very interesting and might require lapse of some time before we say, ah, yes, we do understand. Uh, so I want, first of all, comment on power versus conduct. And then I want to propose that there might be a middle way taking again some of your thoughts on ex-ante regulation, except that for you it would be waiting. And I want to suggest maybe we know enough particular points to not. So my first response on the power versus power plus conduct is I think true at least the antitrust and competition laws so far attacking position, monopoly position, require conduct along with it, which is the abuse. It's, there actually is a movement that would undercut that or push back against that. And that is the movement, which is called loosely, break up big tech. You see it all over. It was in our last presidential to the president with the campaigns, but also Neo Brandeis School often will have these statements in their position papers, big tech is just too big, it has to be broken up. On that line myself, 
legislation would actually do some, for example, of the big gatekeepers from the business on their platform. I am not in favor of that. I think we're going to just break up big tech. I do think we've learned a lot about abuses of these firms. We've also learned a lot about what the firms give us. And you've mentioned a lot of the pro-consumer things that they do give all the people that the people want. The people might not be happy if a sledgehammer broke up big tech because they would be losing their friends and their business community that they had wanted. Is that there are people of practices abusive, clearer law, agree. There is certainly a big contingent in my country that does not agree with what I am going to say. There are some abuses and a handful that can be separated out that should be the subject of rulemaking, which would be regulation. And I think our Federal Trade Commission could do it under its rulemaking power, although its power is somewhat in question and Congress might need to reinforce its power. I would like to take a leaf from who has done and what the UK has done in identifying certain practices. And I might even make them narrower. So for example, I give you the example of what Facebook did to Vine. Vine at this time for producing videos, its users wherewithal to the users to make very, very short videos that they could send immediately to their friends. Facebook in this space and thought of that as a competitive line was on Facebook and expecting to use the usual data flows that were available on Facebook. And as soon as Zuckerberg heard of this, Zuckerberg said to his people, cut off their data. So that was one incident, which I call sabotage on the platform. And there are people who say, yeah, able to do this because it's part of the freedom of firms to do what they want on the platform they have invented. And indeed, our federal judge in FTC against Facebook so applied the U.S. law and said for exactly that incident, that's okay. It's not a violation of U.S. law, citing Trinco and several other cases along that line of freedom to do what you want when you make the platform. No duty to deal in the United States, except in a... So I think sabotage on the platform because someone has gotten too good. As that's just abusive, illegal, and anti-competitive. And we shouldn't have to go through the measures of determining monopoly power. We see against Facebook also threw out their first complaint to say, for me to even think that Facebook might have monopoly power. This power problem is a real problem in the United States. So we shouldn't have to parse that question every time. And we should every time such an incident as Vine comes up, we should know that's wrong. They can't do it. And if it's not a violation of our antitrust laws now, it should be a subject of FTC rulemaking. So sabotage on the platform when you're a big gatekeeper platform is one. 
others, but I'll say this also because it's in a different sort, interfering with interoperability and data portability. I think rulemaking can be done without destroying any of the good things the platforms give us. Um, I agree uh, with you. And I, and I do think that maybe, I mean, there may be also middle ground in terms of reversing the burden of proof in some cases when one is dealing with a, a very powerful firm, uh, just for the reason that there might be uh, want to be more cautious than. Now, examples that uh, you gave that you raise is of antitrust law so narrow, particularly when it comes to refusal to deal, uh, that it doesn't see that there can be an anti-competitive practice try to editor from surviving by cutting off in Europe, that practice would certainly have been considered to be an anti-competitive practice uh, under European uh, case law. The next question is whether it would have taken too much time to get out. In the meanwhile, this competitor would have disappeared from the market. In that case, there is a need to have a more procedure. And this is where the question of ex-ante regulation comes in. But as you said, I mean, it has to be very narrowly focused to make sure that we don't prohibit practices which may other promote innovations or promote competition. So I'm not on this. I just say we have to precisely identify uh, cases or rule or a approach, which is I have regulatory power, but I'm going to use them in a bespoke way. Uh, I'm going to tailor my regulatory uh, powers to each specific case. And I think that this is less threatening than over the board regulations. So that might be also a, a possibility. Thank you very much for this exchange. I mean, we have tried to converge and I think that we see that there's a need for a middle ground on those issues. So, so thank you very much. And uh, thank you to uh, all the listener for having listened to our conversation. Thank you. You listened to an episode of Antitrust Code by Concurrence. If you want to read more about this topic, check the Concurrence website where you can find all relevant articles. Follow us on Twitter at Competition Laws and join the Concurrence group on LinkedIn to receive updates on our next podcast.